You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Episode 152 of the Garage Fellers Hunting Podcast. We've been out in them woods. We've been catching them raccoons and them ferrets and skinning them in the garage. And we got ducks and trucks. You know what I'm saying? Hunting, fishing. And loving every day. That's right. That's <laughs> what we do. Nah, just kidding, guys. What's up? Welcome to episode 152 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Drew, if we did that, like on a real note, like like, how do you feel like everyone like that just started this show or maybe just listened to it for the first time? What do you think just went through their heads? I think listenership would go up. If you think we did it would the whole go up? Like that. They'd be like, These guys are really committed to their goal. And if yeah. they can do that for a solid hour because every episode goes for an hour, no matter how much we plan to keep it at 45. Well, if our goal is to like be like full-time like cast members on Duck Dynasty, I could see that. But I don't think that that's the goal. But maybe. I mean, I don't know. We could keep the creativity for 45 minutes. You see what I'm saying? Though? Like if, that, if it was never a dull moment, uh, it would be worth it. But if we kind of started saying the same stuff over and over again, then lost cause for sure. Well, since everybody's going like crazy on these Instagram live streams, maybe I should just do like a Tubbs pawn shop one for like an hour one day and see how that how that works out. I think you should do that, and then let's talk about this uh, this um, little Boosie story I saw. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff on this episode. The world's gone mad. Uh, some pretty crazy stories popped up today in the sports world. We're definitely going to be talking about the Instagram live boom. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been traded for the third time in his career at 26 years old. Uh, the, the Falcons and the Bucks dropped some new uniforms. We're going to be rating those. And, um, and then, of course, it is time for us to finally chat about Ozark Season 3. We're going to be uh, chatting a little bit about the first half and then coming back for part two on the next episode. That is if Drew can make his eyes go real fast and finish before uh, Sunday when we record again. I'm feeling pretty inspired after uh, knocking out four straight. So I think the likelihood is high. Yeah, I'm kind of hooked right now. Yeah, it happens, and it happens to everyone. It's been the talk of the town, so we've got a lot to discuss. Uh, episode 152 and Garage Guys Fantasy Sports is brought to you by Drip Drop ORS. Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop ORS is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, firefighters, military members, the garage guys, nurses, doctors, they said it themselves. It's everywhere right now. And right now, Drip Drop is out there doing the Lord's work. They're uh, giving away tons and tons of Drip Drop to hospitals all across the country and just trying to help in this fight with COVID-19. It inspired me so much that I uh, got a bunch of Drip Drop sent to me and I'm doing a giveaway myself right now. 
Um, if you get over to my Twitter handle at Garage Guy Chase, you can check out the pin tweet. Uh, first 100 people that retweet and tag a friend will be getting some drip drop mailed to them by me. I promise I spray it with Lysol. So um, whenever we reach those numbers, we're going to be getting those sent out. So again, check that out. And if you don't want to wait for that and you're ready, just go ahead and buy Drip Drop, see what all the hype is about. Get over to DripDrop.com and use promo code GarageGuys20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. So the world has gone mad, Drew. It's been a, you know, it's it, like you said, before we even started this podcast, this is the new normal now. We are living in the new normal. It's like it doesn't even matter anymore. It's just like this is everyday life. Um, I think that it's safe to say that we've kind of adjusted to it. You have uh, – you've went balls deep. You've went balls deep in the adjust life. So, um, And now I finally got off my ass today and went and jogged. So I'm, uh, I'm adapting. Are you feeling well. inspirational? I am. I'm feeling good, man. I mean, like when, when you sit around and, and I would hope all of our listeners are doing this now. I mean, it's been what, al- almost a month since most people have, you know, either been laid off or working from home, whatever's happened. Um, you know, it's, we, we've had a month to, to freak out about it. And it looks like that we're not going to have another update until the end of April. I'm personally betting that we're still going to be under lockdown at the end of the month. I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, for at least another month or two, but uh, it's time to get off your ass. Like, and and I had to have a pep talk with myself, and I realized I put on like six pounds, and I was like, nope, can't do this. And I'm sure some people have put on a lot worse. Um, I've seen, you know, I mean, like literally, when you just sit around your house all day and like you don't do anything, like it, it'll fucking hit you quick. But like, I was getting out the shower yesterday and I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I realized that like I started getting that little like belly flop you know how it kind of just kind of curls I don't know if you've ever been big before but I had like that kind of curl and normally it's pretty like you know it's just like a little bump and it just kind of like goes like a little speed bump well now it's become like one of those big speed bumps like one of those parking lot things like you know they got the little things that make sure you don't you can't run over them to go to the other parking spot like that's what the bottom of my stomach has become. And I was like, no, I can't. Not anymore. Overnight it's gone. Right. One workout, one. That's it. I did like three push ups, and I went and jogged around my neighborhood and now I'm fit as a fiddle. So, <laughs> you know, no, but no, you got to stay committed. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm making the most of my time getting back on a good sleep schedule. Um, you know, no day job. So garage guys is my job and, um, and I'm using all of my time during the day now, just finding new things, studying and researching new things. So I've got to kind of get my, uh, outside life routine in order. So I'm doing things that I normally didn't get a chance to do, you know, getting up and having to go for a day job. You know, I never had the luxury of being able to kind of get up, you know, whenever I kind of felt like it, which normally is before 10 AM. Uh, there was a couple of days, uh, a couple weeks ago where I slept till like two or three in the afternoon. I was like, I can't do that shit anymore. Um, that was just worthless, but hey, next time you're, um, debating, like, Hey, I don't want to go work out. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to just stay on this couch. I want you to ask yourself one thing. Champ or chump? That's right. I mean, Champ or chump? That's it. You don't want to be a chump. Nobody wants to be a chump. <laughs> There's a lot of chumps out there, but they don't know they're chumps and that's why they're chumps. We're champs over here, baby. That's how we roll. So it's good. So I encourage everybody to, uh, to get, get out there, put the work in, do whatever the fuck you got to do to stay active and, um, and just adapt to, to what we're going through right now. It's not going to be this way forever, but don't let it just make you a recluse. You don't want to end up looking like the mom off of what's eating Gilbert grape 
and just come out of this and be like, I wasn't always like this, you know, like you don't want to be like that. So don't do that. And for those of you that don't know what the mom looks like, Gilbert, uh, the Gilbert great mom, uh, you're probably too young for me. So leave that there. So weird to say something like that. I still feel so young. Yeah, we are young, but there, trust me, there are, there are those out there that are too young for us at this time. You would be very surprised when someone tells you that chalk zone is old school. Chalk zone was when I was like a teenager on Nickelodeon. I'm like, what? Never watched that shit. We still, you just made my brain go completely different direction. So thank you. It's always a good sign, but didn't we um, toy with the idea of talking about old um, Nickelodeon shows at some point? Yeah, we did. Um, That was going to be, we need to store that away. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that on episode one fifty three. Okay, because because it definitely is like we've got to rank these shows. Everybody's been doing these fucking uh, these uh, brackets on Twitter with all kinds of different shit. Maybe that's what we need to do. Garage guys, old school shows bracket. I'm sure someone's already probably done it, but who cares? We'll do it again. But let, let's get into some of this crazy ass news that dropped um, on Thursday, April 9th. Uh, Chris Johnson is caught up in a murder for hire scandal. That's Chris Johnson. Uh, one of the best all time running backs. I would say one of the, one of the craziest fantasy running backs of his time, which was like right when, uh, the show, the league started, um, he was like on fire for like Tennessee yeah. at that point. So like Chris Johnson was, was an animal. And it turns out that him and Joe exotic have something in common that they both, uh, paid somebody to kill someone so i don't know if you've heard much about the story but if you haven't i'll be happy to uh, go into detail tell me more keep going so supposedly a few years back um one of chris johnson's good friends was murdered or killed and the i guess on the on record it was just found out that chris johnson paid a guy around fifteen thousand dollars that was supposedly had something to do with the murder of the guy that killed Chris's friend. So is this, is this justice or is this injustice? Man, mind blown. Just the whole thing. So it just came out yesterday. Yeah. Like, or to like, to like, yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. So okay. like my question about this is like, it's like some Batman shit. It's like riding the fine line of like vigilante and yeah. like criminal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where, where I stand on that. It's a tough question because it's, it's – can I say both? Yeah, so here's the deal. Okay, someone killed me, all right, and you were, you were upset, and you knew someone murdered me, okay? And I didn't really do anything. I mean, I mean, I am who I am, but somebody killed me just for being who I was. And then you find out about who did it. Would you pay somebody to kill me, or would you just report them to the cops? Or not kill me, but kill them, the person. I'm fixing to say, you threw yeah. me a curveball there. I thought it was a trick question. No, no um, tricks. <laughs> would you want I mean, that person to die, or would you want them to just be locked up maybe for, I don't know, however long murderers get locked up for? What is that, like 25 to life? Yeah, I would definitely follow the protocol, but here's the thing that would be frustrating if, if Chris Johnson had tried to do the right thing multiple times and the guy was not receiving any any sort of uh justice so you know maybe he had to take things to his own hands a little bit i don't know right yeah and i mean like you know let, let's 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 think about this let's think about joe exotic and the tiger king 
You know, he got he got locked up, and then they made a Netflix show about him. And then they had some very compelling evidence that this bitch Carol Baskin really did feed her husband to a tiger. And now hmm. you've got people in the presidential press room. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but somebody asked President Trump about if he was going to pardon Joe Exotic. And he kind of laughed about it. And his son, Don, he was like, is my son Don advocating for this? And he was like, yes. So now Trump is actually going to think about pardoning Joe Exotic after this Netflix show. So maybe all Chris Johnson will need is a Netflix show explaining who this guy is if he does get arrested. And then President Trump will just pardon him because he had a Netflix show. I think he just cracked the code. Yeah, we cracked the case right there, baby. Chris Johnson, there's your there's your path forward. There's your answer. So just go to jail, hire a crew to make a documentary about it, and then President Trump will maybe pardon you. And if he doesn't, then it's totally unjust. And and I will riot for Chris Johnson. Because in a way, I understand the emotion, but at the same time, you do gotta, you know, follow play by the rules. But maybe he's just like, you know. He's just like, I wanted to stick to the law of the streets. You never know. Because some, some people like Joe Exotic, he wanted to stick to the law of the streets. What is Chris Johnson actually doing right now? Do we know that? You know, I haven't really got that deep into understanding what he is doing at this present time. I mean, I can't really – maybe coaching like some little league football. How amazing was he? Dude, Chris Johnson was an all-timer. Yeah, especially Johnson, for fantasy. He was like – I think they've like compared like early Alvin Kamara to him. Um, I think that, that. They, they, them two have been compared. Um, though, I mean, there's so many, so many th- great things he did. I wish I could have owned him in fantasy, but it just sucks to see some stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, Hey, it is what it is. Um, oh, they actually already have tweets out. I'm looking at this right now. Netflix producers seeing the Chris Johnson murder for hire accusations. And they got videos and shit about it. So we were, we were late to the party on that one. That was 11 hours ago. But, hey, we still had the idea, and it was fresh off our brain. So, yeah. We'll take credit. That's what everybody was talking about. So many people comparing all of that in there. But, yeah, Murder for Hire plot, Chris Johnson, you hate to see it. Uh, the next thing uh, I really hated to see, and I hope this son of a bitch goes away for way longer than they're saying he's going away for, Josh Hamilton, he was a baseball player for the uh, Texas Rangers, Supposedly back in September, he like beat the shit out of his 14 year old daughter. I guess maybe he just had some type of episode. Like he's, he's got to have some kind of mental problems most definitely, but like literally his daughter said something to him and he like lost his shit threw a water bottle at her, picked her up out of a chair and then beat her in the legs. Um, and then I and guess then right? her school. Yeah. Like you don't deserve a kid for one. Uh, I would never allow that child to ever be around that 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 fucking demon in the rest the rest of my life. Um, I don't know, man. Like that that's just like, how do you do that to your own child? That's what I don't understand. Like there are literally people that will beat the shit out of their kids, and like to me, those people do not deserve to have children. Completely agree. Uh, very sad story because he came back onto the MLB scene and was electric for a couple of years. And then if I remember, if I, my memory served me correctly, it was for the Rangers. And then there was all these feel good stories that came out about his recovery. And then here we are now. So it's a very sad story. 
Yeah, it's just like, and I, I hate it for the little girl, like especially, and the mom having to deal with that. But yeah, this dude, um, obviously, like you said, now, I didn't even know that he had issues. So you brought is he just that to light. Of this, or is it a he's turned himself in, right? Yeah, he's turned himself in. Like, okay. and I mean, she's basically like said like everything that he said, and I mean, just just looking at the guy, like you can automatically just see like the look of guilt all over his face. Something's so, up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, piece of shit, Josh Hamilton. Hope you rot. Um, just had to throw that one out there. And then um, the other world gone mad topic that I have to to jump off before we get into some of the sports news. Um, Instagram live videos. So you you brought up Boosie. So let's go ahead and jump right into Boosie. All right. So I posted a video before <laughs> before we even start. So we none of us have really had a lot going on a lot to do so like other than working from home or like trying to figure shit out this past month of March with all this wild stuff. So a lot of celebrities and, you know, internet personalities have turned to Instagram live or like Periscope. You know, I've been a little more on Periscope than I have been on IG live, but I'm about to start probably doing some IG live shit myself. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, there's been some wild, I've seen some of the craziest shit in the past two weeks on Instagram live than I've ever seen on Instagram live ever. (laughs) The Boosie faces he was making. I watched it like 20 times straight. Yeah. So Boosie had, there was some chick and I got to get her name pulled up. She was, uh, she was, he, he was like literally going on live and like letting girls come in that were wanting to twerk for him. Like literally girls were showing their fucking pussies. They were showing their tits they were like going all out for Boosie and Boosie's just high as fuck, just smoking a blunt. Just like, "Mm, yeah, girl. Okay. I like this. Like throwing money at the screen. He was like telling his boys, like send her $50 on cash app, send her 75 (laughs) on cash app. Go ahead. Venmo old girl, 200 Venmo girl, 200. Like dude, just like slinging that electric currency left and right for these girls, just twerking it for them. Well, this one chick, comes on fucking Instagram live. And I've never, I thought Boosie literally had a heart attack, dude. And like, we, we worried about Boosie. Boosie's getting up there in age. You don't know what's going on. They just be smoking like heavy loud, like all day long. But literally this girl, I have never seen a girl twerk so fast in my entire life. And I'm pretty sure it put Boosie into like cardiac arrest. And I think I tweeted that on the garage guys page or either on my personal account. I can't remember which one I did it on but it was funny (laughs) he was like he got out of breath bro like the dude got out of breath because the girl was going he was going like oh like that's the noises he was making oh oh i was like what is happening to this man right now like just (laughs) broken dude like so boosie's been having the time of his life on instagram live if none of y'all follow him i highly suggest you go follow boosie uh another one dave portnoy this dude has literally been racking up sixty thousand people of him just opening fucking boxes in his apartment people are just mailing him random shit and people are just tuning in to watch him open shit that's literally what sixty thousand people were doing every other night in america watching a man open packages and there are some companies that have uh used his instagram live footage when they opened up their packages and so this company called moon pod sent him this big pillow chair and then 
they uh, they used him opening and talking about it as an ad on Instagram, and he immediately was like, "You owe me money for using me in your ads." So they got fucked, like snap of a finger. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's a trap. It's a big oh, trap. We're really at the point where we're watching somebody open boxes. Yeah, we're there. We're at a point. I mean, people are already like watching him open. Like he's reviewing frozen pizzas now, because he can't do his normal pizza reviews. So these companies are sending him pizzas left and right, and he's opening boxes at night. Um, Tory Lanes had Alexis Texas on his Alexis Texas, the porn star. Um, she like came out of nowhere. Like we're seeing like people we would never usually see on Instagram live just show up. And this this rapper Tory Lanes is just doing an IG live, and all of a sudden here's this porn star that wants to hop in, starts twerking that ass, and he's got dollar bills just flinging them at the screen. Like it's a madhouse, bro. Instagram is a madhouse. I watched a kid. There was some rapper that I've never seen before in my life. Like don't even know who the fuck he really is, but he like was telling this this dude to snort Molly off of his girlfriend's ass crack, and he did it on instagram live like i don't know what world we're in bro like how are like dude instagram is owned by facebook so it's it's like trying to go viral right now it's like they're stir crazy man just trying to do what they can to get clicks and go go viral i don't know dude it's but it's like out of this world shit um you had the baby rapper the baby was sitting in his fucking car eating french fries having a conversation with Raven Simone from that. So Raven like flirting with each other back and forth. Like that was a hilarious conversation because he found out she was a lesbian and he started like freaking out. He was like, uh, uh, bye. What the hell? Bye. Like, and that's like, that's like, that's Raven. Like she's, she's on like, like old people TV shows at like 6am. Like, like it's just hilarious, dude. Like what, what, can happen in a pandemic like this where everyone is forced to socialize over social media. And, you know, I don't know why, I don't know if you have ever thought about it, but like, have you ever thought about a world where it was really like this? Like we didn't have any type of socialization in person. It was all just over the computer. Like we're living in that right now. Yeah. It's kind of weird, man. Uh, Somebody brought up a good point to me the other day. They said, why is it when, we have access to everything. We so much look forward to staying in for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like after a long week, you're like, man, I can't wait to just stay in. But the minute we take away those freedoms, everyone's like, I can't do anything. It's, it's weird. It's weird how the mind works. Yeah. Like you literally have like infinite possibilities at your fingertips constantly with the internet. So it's, it's crazy how shit works and how things go. But I know I've personally been finding, making sure I make time to go outside every day. And, um, I've even, you know, for me as much of an internet boy as I am, I've even gotten to the point to where I'm like, okay, I got to take a chill, like a chill pill. I got to take a break. I got to go do something because I, you will, like, if you sit there and just scroll mindlessly for hours on end, you will lose your shit. Let's get into sports. Uh, Thursday, we got a big breaking story. I don't even know how big it actually is, but Brandon cooks is now on the move to the Houston Texans. Uh, Third move in his career at 26 years old. Um, th- this is he's just the traveling man at this point, Drew. I don't I don't know what else to call him. The run that Bill O'Brien is on right now is just unmatched. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this. I mean, you just said um before we recorded 
I mean, Brandon Cooks is a fine pickup and all, but when you're giving up two second rounders in a, in a draft class, it's very heavy wide receiver. Just another head scratcher, man. Yeah, it blew my mind completely. Um, why would you go after this guy when you definitely have the opportunity to get one of these solid stacked wide receivers? I mean, there, there's so many. Like, you're probably not going to get somebody like C.D. Lamb or like Jerry Judy, but, I mean, you, there's still talent out there. And, I mean, you still have Kenny Stills. You got Randall Cobb as an old talent. Um, I wouldn't call Brandon Cooks an old talent. I mean, he's just – he's been moved so many times now. His value has just kind of went to shit. And, and he's been injured enough to where he's basically – I mean – Yeah, people forget he died in the Super Bowl. Like He's been hit <laughs> hard so many times, man. Yeah, dude, when he was at the Patriots, after that, moving to the Rams, so now he's with the Texans. I mean, it looks, it looks pretty cool, I guess, with Watson, Cooks, um, you know, Cobb, and then Stills. I, I don't think Fuller – I think Fuller will end up either, you know, being cut or being traded or something's going to happen with him because <clears throat> all his injuries, but, which sucks. But I'm sure he'll bounce back wherever he goes to. I don't know. Like, I just – I feel like Bill O'Brien has now found a way to suck himself into his own butt chin. So now it's just nothing but butt chin, and his brain just dissolved somewhere out in outer space because there's – it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, you go go young. Go get you some young guys. Keep building. I, I legitimately think he just wants to just – his legacy is just mediocrity. He wants to just be mediocre as they come. And that's, that's all there is to it. He's just there for the paycheck. He doesn't give a shit anymore. So before we uh, get into the butt chin, let's talk, let's go back to your, <laughs> let's go back to your Will Fuller comments. You think he's going to be traded or cut? Cause I feel like with the depth chart, how it is, he's probably going to be wide receiver one there, even though me and you personally have a vendetta against the guy for always being injured. I, and see, I don't see it, man. Like I, I, like I said, with Brandon Cooks coming in, I think that he'll definitely be the one. Uh, Kenny Stills, you know, he definitely proved himself an asset this past season. Um, kind of taking over what? Who was it? Uh, what was it? Kiki Coutier's place or whatever. Um, and then, but I mean, like the big debate was like between like who's going to be you know better, Fuller or. Um, is it going to be Fuller, is it going to be Stills, and Stills kind of seemed to shine a little bit brighter. So I honestly, with all the injuries and then with him just not wanting to play, with Bill O'Brien doing what he normally does, I could see Bill just kind of be like, yeah, we got these other guys, so, you know, just chill out. Just stay here, and we'll, uh, we'll figure something out for you. And, like, just basically just put him in a leg cast and just turn him into, um, you know, like Big Ben or something uh, for the rest of the year. I just I don't, hope Deshaun Watson gets the hell out of there. He needs to. Well, just don't forget Patriots. Big possibility. We'll see what happens. 2021. Just hold on one more year, Deshaun. That's all I got to <laughs> say. One more year, buddy. But seriously. <clears throat> yeah, but seriously. No, it sucks. But, uh, yeah, they're just – dude, I, I hate it for Texans fans. Um, I, I don't understand what is happening there at all. It makes no sense whatsoever to go after Brandon Cooks. And then to trade away those, those picks, to trade away those, those second-round picks, it makes – you just literally gave the Rams, like, another – I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like – I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why you trade DeAndre Hopkins. He's so much better than Brandon Cooks. Yeah. You didn't have to give up draft picks. You could have kept him and kept your draft picks. I don't understand. It's like – and you can't even say you're trying to go into a rebuild – 
because you still have pretty decent players. Like you have semi-decent guys. So it's like your only option now is to move Deshaun. And then once Deshaun is moved to clean house, get rid of Bill O'Brien, and then really truly start a rebuild. That's the only hope. The only hope is for next year Deshaun to leave and Bill O'Brien to leave. And if that doesn't happen, Texans fans are fucked for at least the next three to four years. Yeah, they're not going to be able to re-sign him. And then that's going to be Bill O'Brien's time. He's done. It's his legacy. Another failed Belichick coach. Good job. Um, NFC South news. The Bucks and the Falcons have released their new jerseys. The Falcons is hilarious because they were supposed to be releasing theirs next week. But because of some beautiful account on Twitter uh, that leaked their jerseys, which were absolutely horrendous, by the way. I don't know if you've got to take a look at them or not, but I was on Twitter. Well, first off, the Bucks they released their jerseys. They chose to go more with the, uh, the Gruden era, um, like the year they won the Super Bowl. A lot of people were hoping they were going to go back to the creamsicle days with the orange and the red outlines, and that's what I wanted to see from them too because, like, seeing Brady in, like, that orange with that old-school Buck logo would have been pretty badass. But at the same time, like, you know, I hated on it for a little bit, but after about a day, I kind of came around to the Bucks, New Jersey's. Have you got to see them yet? Yeah, I checked them out before we got on. Um, I'm, I've never been big into the Jersey game like you have, so I don't have, like, too much feedback or opinions on them usually. Um, I like a lot of the throwback jerseys, but most of the stuff nowadays, I just like it to be classic and, and clean. So. Yeah. And that's what the Bucks went with, man. So, I mean, I, I got to give it to them. Like, they went with a very simplistic look. Um, nothing too fancy, nothing out of the ordinary. Just the, the simple red with the orange and white outlining. Like I said, it just gave them that, that feel of whenever they were uh, with the Super Bowl or whatever, when they went there with, with Gruden. So, I dig that. And, um, and I like their great – like, their uh, it's like a pewter, like a pewter color, like their color rush jerseys. They're pretty badass, so I like those. And uh, I, I figured you would at least be ready to order you a Tom Brady jersey by now. Yeah, it's getting close to that time. So, uh, I know the, the the number was confirmed. That was kind of left in lingo for a while, even though we knew he probably was going to be 12. But I definitely plan to, to add that to my collection. It would be wrong not to. Um, and then exactly. also there's a Howard Stern, Tom Brady interview that I heard was excellent that I want to go back and listen to. So. Yeah, one thing that was said in that interview, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to bring it up myself if you didn't. Um, one thing that was said that really threw me off <clears throat> was the fact that Howard Stern asked him about legacy. And me and you talked about this, you know, a couple episodes back about like how we didn't think he would want to fuck up that legacy with the Patriots. Tom Brady came out and said, I could give a fuck about a legacy. I'm Did not he say that word for word? Yes. Or I could give a shit about a legacy. Yeah, I mean, the dude's a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, this, this is all you can say. It's just I mean, it's kind of a just, strange fella. Yeah, he's just such a weird guy. That I just think, honestly, just loves football, loves fitness, loves health, loves his teammates. I mean, I think you told me on a previous episode the only thing he asked was for his teammates' numbers. He didn't really even negotiate or, like, he didn't act like he was the biggest superstar in the world coming – into a new franchise. He just simply wanted to know his teammates' numbers and wanted to get started. So I think the guy just loves football and is obsessed and wants to be great. But in terms of legacy, I'm sure I'm sure deep down somewhere he'll he'll care about that once he's done playing. But 
right now. I think he just – I think he's like an 18-year-old kid playing football still, honestly. You think he's just got that big chip on his shoulder? Like, this is more now about, uh, you know, just proving that it's not about the team. It's not about – I think that that gets to him at night. After he says something like this, I really feel like it gets to him at night that he's just like, I want to show people that it's me. It's not Belichick. Yeah, I mean, I think that's his competitive nature for sure. But it's a little different than legacy to me. I, yeah, I think he's competitive and has that. He's always had – I mean, there's the, the documentaries on Tom Brady being the – uh, where where he was drafted and all the QBs that went before him and all that. And obviously he's motivated. And I think there's going to be a chip on his shoulder to prove that he could have won again with the Patriots or could can win without Belichick. But in terms of yeah. legacy, I don't think he's going to be like, all right, well now jot this down in my legacy book and close it. I'm done. Like, I don't think that's, that's where he goes. Yeah. And it's more, it's more to do with like him not retiring, but like this is verbatim. I'll go ahead and just read it. I never cared about legacy. I could give a shit about, I was never once, wait, I never once when I was in high school said, man, I can't wait for what my football legacy looks like. It's just not me. Yeah. And that's Tom Brady on hurting his legacy by not retiring. I feel like his legacy would have been fucked if he would have retired after that Tennessee game. But he doesn't care. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't think we're at a point anymore where, like what what would have to happen for people to not call him the goat? Would he have to go like go winless? Yeah, I don't, no, I don't think anybody would not call him the goat. He will always have that term just because of everything back. he's done. I take that back. There's people that still think he's not that good. There, I mean, you'll find crazy fans everywhere. Well, yeah, yeah, you got. I mean, like you got like accounts like what Barry McCockner. Like he's got the whole like Tom Brady's a system quarterback. I really think that he does. Like Tom Brady, like after saying something like that, like I think he secretly does give a fuck. And I really think this has to do with I'm going to show people that I can do this shit without Belichick and that I'm not a system quarterback. And, like, I really feel like he wants to do that for himself. It's not really for other people. He wants to prove to himself that, like, if, if I never would have went to the Patriots, like, this would have been what I could have done anyway. Yeah, it's going to be one of the most hyped-up storylines the entire year. So, let's get your prediction. Uh, Buck, Buck's record. Oh, dude, it's way too fucking early for that. Shit. Let's just hear, like, just based on Tom Brady alone, nothing else. Do you think they – win 10 games do you think they win eight i mean big upgrade from Jameis, or about the same or they'll be they'll be a wild card I'll, I'll go ahead and say that they're gonna be a wild card in the playoffs well now now there's okay so they're not gonna win there i forgot the new format so i don't think they're gonna win the division i'm not i, th- I still think the saints are gonna take the division but wild card weekend now is every team except one except one right oh fuck i don't know no i think they had one they had I don't know. I got to go back and look at it. I, dude, I've been like, I'm just now starting to cross back. Now the draft's coming back. I'm just now slowly crossing back into NFL time. So I've got a lot of, a lot of research. I've been researching a shitload of uh, these draft prospects and looking into that, like trying to like, you know, not having NASCAR has helped a lot. <laughs> I will say that uh, with me trying to transition back a little bit more in the NFL, but I still got a lot of research to do and we'll be back up to speed once we uh, get ready to cover this uh, online NFL draft that they're putting together. And I can't wait to chat about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that they'll, I think that they're going to at least make the playoffs. I know that much. Yeah. I think, 10 wins. That's where I'm putting them at. So that should get them in the playoffs. 
I'll take a little bit more time. We'll see, and I'll, I'll see where I'm going to stand at on that. So I'll let you go yeah. ahead and say 10. Um, but the Falcons jerseys, getting back to the jersey thing, the Falcons uniforms are horrible and horrendous, and they literally look like an XFL team. Uh, one of their jerseys is the most – like they have one jersey that's uh, – one uniform that's okay, and it's like the 1990s, like black and white, which I dig. I like that shit. It's got the helmet with the old school bird on it. Um, <clears throat> but they have this one uniform dude and I'm sure you've seen it. It's like, it starts up as red at the top and it like fades into black to the pants and it's just hideous. And it's just a big gaunty ATL underneath the logo. Like it's, it's, it's the ugliest. They officially have the ugliest uniforms in the NFL now. And I stand firm by yeah, that. Don't. What was wrong with their other ones? Their prior ones. They, they were just nasty looking too. Like, they haven't had – like, they, they just want to get on the train with the new jerseys. That's what I love about the Saints. The Saints are so simplistic, there's just nothing else they can really do. Like, and that's what I love about it. Like, yeah, I I, the, the Saints are just – they're classics. They're, they're normal. I would love to see the Saints go – like, eventually you have to go ahead and note that, like, the logos are going to be, like, the big gaunty logos on the helmets. That's coming. Because I like the pure white with the Saints. I love the all-whites, dude. The color rush. It's a sexy shit right there. Yeah. There's nothing better. But, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll see some kind of redesign for them in the near future. I just hope they don't fuck it up. But they leaked. The, uh, the Atlanta jerseys got leaked, and they had to release them early. And then the Carolina Panthers did a parody video with them. They the, the whole open the door challenge thing where people are, like, showing something. They open a door, and it shows, like, something else. Well, they, they were showing the new jerseys, and then they went into the door, they opened it, and it's a picture of Adam Sandler from The Longest Yard and, like, comparing how their jerseys look just like them. They got, like, the laugh track going on. So I thought that was a good uh, tweet from Carolina Panthers. But little Troll City action by the Carolina Panthers there. Got to appreciate it. <laughs> I, fig- I figured you would like it 100%. Yeah. Um, and a couple other things before we get into our Ozark talk for garage talk um i am too i don't know if you if you saw this but uh ufc dana white had no choice but to cut off uh the fights he has been booked a private i am too he booked a private island literally spelled out the plot of the movie mortal Kombat, and like the thought of like actually getting these people onto this private island to do fights was like the wildest shit like ever like this dude literally went and got an island and was like don't worry guys fuck all this shit we're gonna go get this island and we're gonna do these fights and keep it going and then yeah um big big g shut them down big government turned them down they were like nope no you're not so yeah bummer i i was looking forward to that huge dfs slate that was posted it was a million dollars in the prize pool so i bet you were <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like it was a million dollars total, a hundred thousand up top. So a hundred thousand to first place would have been nice. We could have uh, brought that in. Just got to keep sticking to our good old free Madden tournaments. Um, yeah, or just play some League of Legends or something. I guess I've been winning like twenty five cents a dollar on those. I've just been playing the shit out of all the free contests. Everything that's free, I'm just playing it. Don't even care. Pretty Actually, cool that. I mean that's two or three thousand dollars per tournament. Now they're doing they're doing showdowns too. So that's they're basically eating fifteen thousand dollars a day. Yeah, they're, they're making crazy. that happen. DraftKings loves us, and they love sports, and they love that they're people that play. So, true. Kudos to them. We appreciate you, DraftKings, and we love you. 
All right, so that's about all we got for that uh, for this week. We'll be back with some more sports chatter uh, coming into uh, episode 153. But now let's get into what has truly been consuming uh, my life and has been consuming your life for the past week and a half. And that is that of the show that we've been constantly talking about, none other than Ozark, season three. Yes. So little backstory you got into ozark after being harassed to watch it and told to watch it and i finally got you to do it um and you've loved it you've binged it so you kind of have a different perspective because you've watched it all recently so it's just one big movie to you whereas i've watched it season by season so i think that was a little bit of my struggle getting back into it is i kind of had to like go watch some reviews and refresh myself before a couple recap videos but Man, once I started, it's it's hard to turn off. I'll say that. Um, first thought, I wanted to run this by you. It's going to be a weird first thought. Love the effort to go away. And this might change later because you've seen the whole thing. Love the effort to get away from being so focused on Marty's two kids. It was kind of the annoying storyline. And one and two is worried about, what's her name, Charlotte. And um, I like the, 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 the other, the boy. But um, they've done away with that for season three for the most part. They're, they're just kind of there. Now I think they're going to have a bigger role. But um, I'm a huge fan of season three kind of moving them to the sideline. Yeah, like Charlotte and Jonah, <clears throat> they're definitely a, a big part of it because, I mean, they know the operation. They know what their, their mom and their dad do. And getting, getting to watch them being thrown into that world, you know, coming into what was it, season two, um, was like a complete just like – mind fuck but yeah like you know you had like charlotte in season two like wanting to be emancipated and all this other stuff and just kind of like the family just kind of struggling then you end season two you know they open up the casino and then it just seems like everything just went really quickly back to normal for that little life but yeah coming into this season it's very easy to see that this is definitely for me it was like this is going to be like a women empowerment season like that's the way it started out because like it's it's super focused on like Wendy and Helen, like yeah. in the beginning. So I'm like, okay, like move over, boys. It's time for the <laughs> girls to take over. That's exactly what I thought about when I first started watching this. And I'm just like, they can't be leaving my dog Marty out on the sidelines because obviously I'm stupid attached to Marty. Like he's he's sensible and he's smart about what he does, and it's like he has a system in place. And when yeah. you start getting greedy and foolish shit will fuck up and he sees that like very you know quickly and like and i mean he just his character alone like we're we're only going to be talking about up to like you know halfway uh through season three on this one but you can already tell that like shit's shaky even before episode one is over just of like seeing like how wendy's kind of being and how things are kind of turning like because at the end of the first episode she goes to Chicago and then she breaks into their old house at the end of that one and like just is petty as fuck and flips the new family shit upside down leaves the beer there how careless is that so why did she do this so that for me that was just like some petty bullshit that like your girlfriend would do because she was mad because you did something to her that was probably not that significant at all. 
And but why go back to that place and where someone li- like, I don't get that. I think that like for me, I think it was more of like she. It was kind of like a leaving behind kind of deal, but also she's kind of like spiteful of that family because they're just a normal family that probably works a normal nine to five. And in Chicago, she had that life and that's all she really knew. And so she was a different person. And then when everything got flipped upside down and they had to move and lead their life, maybe she kind of envied that family. And so out of just pettiness, she went in there and just kind of fucked up their house a little bit because she didn't like go all out and fuck shit up. But, you know, by her turning over the family portrait, messing up a bed or something, and then leaving a beer just like there with the door wide open. To me, for one, like that's stupid reckless. And I pick up a lot of little shit like that could be used later on. Like, obviously, that family called the cops. And if they go dust that place for fingerprints, they're going to find her fucking prints. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I mean, it was a it was a cool scene just because it was a good way to to end episode one where you're just like, wow, like this is how crazy this woman's gone. But the sensible side of me was like, man, this is so reckless. And I don't know. We've seen Marty kind of have reckless moments, but he always snaps out of it. And he's always playing the, the reason I like Marty, he seems like he's always playing the long game. He always finds a way out of situations. Right. And, um, you know, with Wendy, she's quickly rising the charts of one of the, most hated characters of all time. I mean, it's going to sound very sexist of me because I, I love Marty and I can't stand Wendy, but I think, I mean, I've talked to several women that have watched the show over here. This uh, basically for everybody I've talked to hates Wendy. I don't know anybody that said, man, I really love that Wendy character. Yeah. You said it yourself before we even started watching the show that like, you wish they would have got somebody else to play Wendy. Like just the, but, maybe it's the actress itself, but like the character, like maybe, she's, but maybe that means she's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I didn't really see like anything wrong with her, like um, in seasons one and two, like I was just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. Like, you know, at least she's kind of supportive. She's kind of there, but season three is where I really saw that ugly side of Wendy where I'm like, fuck this bitch. Like, I don't want nothing to do with her. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And and, and but I think it's rightfully so because like kind of moving into the second episode, like she starts getting this big head, you know, there's this war going on in the cartel now and she's paying attention to all this shit. And, you know, Marty's gotten all this praise and he's put all this shit together. They've done all this stuff, opened up this boat. And it's after she put the hit out on, um, on what's her name uh, on Ruth's dad. She puts that hit out on him. And Helen tells her at the end of season two, like everything about you is going to change. You know, the way, you, the way your husband touches you, the way you feel, the things you do, how you think, like you can never come back from it. And I think that maybe she just, she kind of like got lost in that and like kind of wanted to be a little more like Helen. And I think that that's because really she was kind of like Helen's bitch at the beginning like of the season. And like that, that's where she's at right now. She's kind of Helen's bitch. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. So are you, are you speaking to where I'm at in the series? Are you? Yeah. 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 She's, she's, she's Helen's bitch right now. She is in a weird way though. There's been a few scenes here in the last episode where there's a little bit of tension starting there. And I'm wondering if it's both of them starting to wonder if they would have trusted Marty more. Um, 
and we'll see if I'm right on that or if I'm wrong, but there's starting to be a little bit more tension just hinted at um, some mannerisms and some, some ways they're conversing and asking about phones and asking a few questions. So it seemed like the girl, the girl group might be missing Marty a little bit. Um, and another, another point too, Ruth seems to be super stressed out right now where I'm at in the series because they just got busted at the casino or maybe not busted is the right word, but looks like they're about to be busted and she's kind of coming unglued and uh, starting to confide in crazy, uh, crazy Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that all kind of starts and that's another character to talk about. So we see the beginning of season three start out where this guy that we've never seen before is in this school. Somebody sends a, a text message of a picture and then he just immediately wraps up all the kids phones and goes and throws them in a fucking wood chipper. And like, I'm immediately just like, who the fuck is this crazy guy? <laughs> so we find out later that that's Wendy's brother. And I think that that's, uh, it's either episode two or episode three where he, um, he comes into the picture, but getting back to talking about like, you know, how there's starting to be some tension between Helen and Wendy. Like we got to talk a little bit about how we got there. So we start, we start noticing like after the whole war thing going on, we, you know, we, we see where, where Wendy starts kind of getting this idea, bringing it up to Marty about how we, maybe if we start adding on to what we're doing, we'll gain his trust. And, you know, and, and he'll, we, we can basically be the whole operation. She basically wants to really just take on everything. Like she's power hungry at this point. And she feels like maybe if she does that, in my eyes anyway, that like, you know, she's like seeking this approval. Like she wants to be like this guy's right hand man. So they end up, Helen links up a visit with them. He flies in on a jet. She goes and meets him on a plane. And then we finally get to see Navarro. We've never seen Navarro before, by the way, total badass. Just this dude that's just like, you can tell like he, 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 he wants to be really hard, but he's got a soft spot. That guy definitely has a soft spot. There's no telling me otherwise. I don't know how you feel, but like that, that dude's got emotion. That dude, it's somewhere deep down. He don't like being bad, but he has to be. Yeah. He, um, there's already hints of that too, that he came out super, hard ass mode and then now he's he's kind of there's been some scenes there with marty at the very end where he was asking him to thank him he wouldn't do it but there's definitely uh agree to your point there there's some there's some emotion there and man i just can't wait to to, to keep going and seeing how that relationship evolves so we're gonna get more marty you can go ahead and spoil me we're gonna get more marty scenes with him i'm assuming we will um, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because all the listeners right now may, you know, may only be halfway in. So we're going to discuss more of that going in, but, um, just briefly kind of talking a little bit more about like, you know, the, the first couple episodes, like I think it was, uh, Kevin Cronin was here in that episode and then, um, getting there, like we're at, um, we got to talk the about the, the married, the old, old couple. Yeah. So when we're looking at this, we're looking at these two, um, Casino owners, they're trying. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where the Marty Wendy power struggle really takes off, right? Right, because he he knows that that he doesn't want to be more, uh, he doesn't want to get more involved other than what they're already doing, and she does. So she gets Helen to step in, and then whenever he learns that you know that he's that she, Wendy's having these conversations with Navarro, he starts tracking her phone, which is how Marty gets to that point that he's in anyway is because of, you know, him putting the, the, the uh, spyware on her phone. 
because they have a conversation and he ends up saying this, this, this phone is compromised. And then that's why Marty gets picked up in the first place. But there's also the FBI agent that's there. There's so much stress that's happening. And the FBI agent's trying to offer him a deal. And you're, you're right at that episode where, like, he's like, I want to take the deal. And the next thing that happens is he gets wrapped up by Navarro's men and hauled the fuck off. Yeah. So, Did you take that as him being genuine that he was going to take the deal? Or do you think – that was him to start in his next. Oh, I, I absolutely 100% believe that Marty was ready to take that deal. He was 100% ready to take that deal because at that moment in time, he knew that like he was listening on the phone. He's like, the line's been compromised. He automatically was like, fuck, they're going to figure this out. They're coming for me. I need to do what I got to do to get out of this. And that goes into play where how Wendy and him have those conversations all the time about how, you know, he he's a little bit he could be a little scared and kind of let the fear ride over him kind of like when he wanted to run in season two and then she was like no we're not running and then he comes back and he's like you know you know maybe you were right things like that they, there's so much that plays into it because marty does have his faults and wendy has hers and it's just literally it's a normal american family but they just happen to be in the middle of a fucking drug cartel ring and and so it makes everything abnormal but yeah. it's, just, it's just two human beings trying to figure shit out. And they've got these children that have become adults so fast. So it's such a raw show, though. It's so raw. And if I had to, like, if I had to picture what a family that was in a situation like that would be like, they painted it so perfect. Like, yeah. because I don't care what anybody says. Wendy and, and Marty are really good people at heart. You know, they're Ooh. really good people. And so strong disagree. You strongly disagree? Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't think they're good people at all? No. I mean, almost everything they do is dishonest or agenda-driven or looking out for their for themselves. It's it's now <laughs> I mean, they're not good people, but they might be smart people or um competitive people. I mean, Marty's brilliant. Um but no, they're not good people. I think that, that they were, and they looked at this as a money opportunity and over time, like they just got wrapped up in this shit. Like they, and it's just become their life and it's just how they are. But like, I think that like at their core, like, you know, Marty cares about ethics and he cares about doing stuff the right way. He never wanted to kill people. He never wanted to get involved with that type of stuff, but like, yeah, he's laundering money for the drug cartel. But if you go back to the old scenes about how, when there was one episode, it was like a flashback episode in season two where like him and Wendy were discussing whether he should do this or not. And he was like, I mean, if we can make a lot of money and we never have to worry about any of this stuff, then what's the problem, you know? And maybe, and I think Marty genuinely thought, I think he genuinely did not think that none of this stuff would have happened to him. And when it did happen, that's when everything got flipped. So what I mean by like, they're good people. Like, I feel like at their core, like, you know, they're just normal human beings like me and you, but I don't think that Marty, I, I mean, he's a big risk assessor, but I don't think that he really like fully expected all of this to happen to him. I really don't believe I agree that. with that. I agree with that part, but still at the end of the day, like just saying they got all wrapped up in it. That just, I mean, that just would be like not taking. How would you explain, how do you explain like his relationship with Rachel? in uh you know in season two then like I mean, he, has, he has some good qualities but the dude is literally 
couldn't be more involved with the the cartel and their finances and illegal activity. And I mean, I think there's some good qualities for sure. We're just, we're, I think we're kind of jaded by the fact that we like him so much as a character. Yeah. I think I don't know. It's, I don't a, big, know. it's a big, it's a big thing, but I, I feel like at their core, like as human beings, like they definitely, like you said, maybe it's just the qualities that are good in them. But like, yeah, the things they're doing are not good. I'll put it to you that way. Almost everything. Would you agree? Almost everything's dishonest. Almost everything is agenda driven. Nothing is truly genuine. There's something you can take at face value. I don't think that, I don't think that Marty even knows why he does it anymore. That's where I really feel like, I don't think he even knows why he's doing this anymore. Cause like the first episode of Ozark, he talks about, Money is just like, like people look at money in all these different ways. I think it's so important to remember that preface of the show is that he's basically saying that like money is just it. That's all it is. It's an idea that it's nothing at the end of the day. So it's like, it almost means that like none of this even matters. So that's what really throws me off because like, if it doesn't matter, it's like, what is it's like, what is the deal? Like, what, yeah. what is it all for? He obviously thinks it's for something though, because he, he, that's what he signed up for is for money, for monetary purposes. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think with Marty, like the reason we, you can make the argument he's a good person is because you see stuff like his relationship with Ruth, where he's basically taking her under his wing, under his wing. But at the end of the day, like if you really know Marty, to me, he's just a guy that can eliminate emotion and, it's all about business and he's even taking that approach with Ruth. But I think there's a piece of him that's basically he's more of a father to her than his own two kids. Right. Exactly. And I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that like, you know, she never really had much or the, the way that things are with her. And like I said, you've still got, you know, we still got, you know, the, the rest of the season to go. You're right at the end of boss fight, I believe. So you haven't really started episode five yet. So <clears throat> there's still so much I could say in argument to all of this. You're going to figure that all out on your own for all of you watching uh, or for all you listening to this right now. Um, you know, tweet at us, let us know where you are. If you're watching, if you've already watched, I'm happy to discuss this stuff with you. Um, and then don't spoil any more for Drew. Drew's got to finish watching, but I think we had a, we just had us like a hell of a debate on like moral ethics codes of Ozark. <laughs> like just yeah. trying, That was good shit. But I will say like in, but we love Marty. We agree. We both love Marty. Oh my God. Yeah. Marty is like number one. And like my other favorite character of this show so far. And like, I hate that he's gone was like Jacob Snell. I love Jacob <laughs> Snell. I don't know why. Dar- I think Darlene. Darlene. Fuck Darlene. I cannot stand her. I cannot stand that woman. That woman is the devil. You Say hear Darlene me? like Jacob Jacob does. Uh. Darlene. Darlene. <laughs> is you is or is you is not my constituents. <laughs> that's, dude. But what tripped me out the most is the fact that that's, that's James Delos. So that's what tripped me out. All yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's hilarious shit. But yeah, I miss old Jacob. I hate the way he died. Fuck Darlene. I'm fuck Darlene game for life. I will never like her no matter what. Um, and, um, I don't know how far you are, what you're seeing so far in all of this, but there's definitely still more to come for you. So a lot of twists <laughs> and turns ahead and, um, can I take my favorite scene though? Like, yeah, okay. I need, I need to know so far. So you're, you finished episode four. So where you're at right now, what's the best? This is just, and this is kind of an underrated, weird, just the way my brain works. And this will make sense with what you know about me, like with DFS and analytics and numbers and all that. But do you remember the very first episode where he was talking about how 
he can't count on basically like the odds of one hand or one situation. But when you com- when you have thousands and thousands of people come into the casino, that's something he he can basically know that he's going to turn a profit. Remember that scene? Right. Yeah. And, and then he led into him telling Ruth, like basically he said that he had been coming into work every day and just watching video footage to uh, basically learn and figure out ways that he's going to manage this casino for, um, for money laundering. That scene was so, so cool to me to watch that basically all day he's been just watching video while Ruth runs the whole casino. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's trippy the most about it because like he does like, that's another big, big problem right now too, is that money is not being moved in this, in the, in the beginning of the show. So that's a worry. And there's just this constraint with Navarro and Helen. They're, they're trying to like, they're like, why aren't we moving enough money? What's happening? And he's like telling them like, you've got to let me do my thing. So yeah, there's, there's so much left to come though, man. But from where we are right now, I feel like we've given a pretty good preface on, on what's happening so far, almost halfway through. And, um, like I said, I cannot wait to talk more about this, um, on Sunday for episode 153 in conclusion, because there's going to be, I guarantee you, we could probably squeeze an entire hour of just talking about Ozark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. But, guys, it was real. We hope you enjoyed episode 152. Again, be sure to go to dripdrop.com. Use promo code GarageGuys20. Get 20% off your purchase. Any last words before we jet? I think I'm going to go watch Ozark. All right, go watch Ozark. Don't, don't be like the Falcons and make ugly jerseys out of your life. Sports. Party. Repeat. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips, I am sick I will punch your baby bear in his shit, give me lip I'ma send you to the yard, get a stick, make a switch I can end the conversation real quick I am crack, I ain't lying, kick a lion in this crack I'm the shit, I will fall off in your crib, take a shit Hit your mama on the booty, kick your dog, fuck your bitch That boy dressed up like you sat on and took pictures with your kids We the best, we will cut a frowning face in your chest, little wench I'ma mention a refresh, I'm a man Get correct, I will walk into a court while they wreck Screaming yes, I am guilty motherfuckers, I am death Hey, you wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked Baby, the 
what can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without villain it. Viciously found victory. Burn towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all their children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving 